Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Today we're going to talk about Sukkot. It starts Sukkot this evening, and my title is Living in the Age of Insecurity. And uh, at first I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, Sukkot, okay, the Feast of Tabernacles, thank God for his promises and his blessings. But you know what? It's about living our, our lives every single day with joy and with happiness, knowing that God is a God of giving. He gave us his son, and he gives us special protection and things during this time of Sukkot. We just came through the the rest of the high holy days, we're winding down. Rosh Hashanah, awaken, open your eyes, be ready for what's happening, look up. And then Yom Kippur to repent, thank God for what we have, but tell him you're sorry for all the stuff that you've done. And he knows that we are not perfect, but he is faithful to forgive us when we ask him to. And now we have Sukkot, now is a time of rejoicing, we're in a new year and he's preparing our way for us. And, but, you know, we live in an insecure world. So the holiday of Sukkot is a celebration of joy and happiness. It's a reminder, according to Rabbi Eleazar, that it's about a miracle. And sometimes we look over that, that it's about a miracle. It's part of the high holy days where the Israelis throughout history made pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate Um, their lives and what they have and what they've been through and what they've learned. Uh, Why are they celebrating? Well, the other holidays, Pesach and Shavuot, is where God did miracles with signs and wonders. And sometimes we don't remember that, that he did things back in the day with signs and miracles. And we are waiting and we are looking for all that to happen right now. And actually, we are seeing miracles right now. And some of us have seen signs right now. But we want it more prevalent in our lives. We want it happening where we can say, that is God. (laughs) And, you know, and that's what we're waiting for. And, you know, and he's ready to do it. The first was the exodus from Egypt on Pesach. And the second was the revelation of Mount Sinai, where God appeared to an entire nation. That's the only time in history that he's ever done that. But you know what? Jesus is coming back. (laughs) So it'll be a second time. (laughs) But, you know, you think about that. It's like, God, why stop appearing? But, (laughs) But it's because he sent Jesus. He doesn't have to appear. He can just use Jesus as an example, and it's up to us to you know, ask him to come, show me, show up in my life. Let me see you working in my life. And, uh, and that alone is exciting. According to Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, um, it's a time to remember God's tender and unique care that he showed to his people. He surrounded them with his uh, cloud of glory to protect him from the hardships of the desert. And uh, it's like us putting a blanket around our own child to keep them warm or to protect them, holding their hands, make sure they're not going the wrong way. But that's what God is doing for us right now. That's what he did for them. And if he did it for them, my Bible says he'll do it for us. 
And we need to remember whatever we see and whatever we heard about everything that has happened. Some people take it as stories, but no, they're examples of what God has done, and he hasn't changed. So if he did it for them, he's going to do it for us. And and it's like, okay, God, I know you did all that for them. Um, And I know my Bible says you're a passionate and loving God, but he shows it every single day. Pastor Tiz's book, Miracles by the Moment, we have miracles that we just overlook. (laughs) He is always working, always doing something in our lives every single day, and we just go, oh, man, that worked out great. No, God did that. (laughs) And sometimes we just think, oh, everything's working out great. I'm good. You know, this has happened, and I, I, you know, and we just go, oh, man, that was so good. Oh, sometimes he's like, thank you, God, for being there. But it's like, no, that was a miracle. (laughs) So we need to make sure we're looking at that and feeling that and taking that to heart and just really being able to rejoice and say, thank you, God, sincerely to him so he knows that we're, we're not missing it. We're not taking it for granted. We see what he's doing in our lives, and we appreciate every single thing. That alone is a great reason to celebrate what he did for them and what he does for us every single day. But what about the sukkah that everybody's building, the hut or booth that millions of Jewish families are building and putting together right now? Is is it just a ritual that they're doing like the Catholic Church when they go to confession or the Stations of the Cross, and I know that is ingrained in my mind because I grew up Catholic, you know, <laughs> the Stations of the Cross, putting the ashes on your head, you know, going to confession to confess to a person. And it's like, you know what? And, it, and that was a good thing to get us to even think about it, that we need to repent. But, you know, we don't have to go to a man. We can just go to God and say, God, I know I've missed it. And you know I've missed it, so I'm just telling you something you already know. (laughs) But I am humbling myself to say it to you personally. Forgive me, because I missed it. (laughs) And the Bible says that he is faithful and ready to forgive us, because he knows who we are. (laughs) He knows that we make mistakes, that we're not going to do the right thing all the time. But when he can just, a little voice in our ear through the Holy Spirit, just pull us back in to where we should go. And it's just like, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now we really know why we do all this stuff. And thank God we don't have to build a booth outside our house. We can just find a spot in our house where we just remember the Lord and thank him that we even have a roof over our head. But, you know, for the Jewish people, that that's their reminder of them being in the desert and what they did in the desert, what they had to go through. Um, it's a reminder of their past and where they came from. And also right now is the time for us to look at what we're doing. Uh, they were just once a group of refugees without a home, living in a shanty town or a tent town, not knowing when they would, would or could move on. They just had to stay there until they were given the instructions what to do. And there's many people today in the same position not knowing where they are going, where they're going to live. Are they going to live in a shelter? Are they going to live in a tent town? Are they going to live in a shanty town? Some people have just lost their homes in Florida, and they don't know what to do. They're depending on different agencies or uh, different groups or insurance companies to give them a plan. Are they going to stay? Are they going to move? 
Are they going to rebuild or are they going to just repair? But Sukkot, according to Rashbam, the grandson of Rashi, says it's connected to the warning that Moses gave the Jewish people at the end of his life about the danger of security and affluence in Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 17. And it says, beware or be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. When you eat and are satisfied, when you have built fine houses and settled down, when you, your herds or businesses grow large and multiply, and your silver and gold, your money is increased and all you have is multiplied, then your minds and hearts will be lifted and become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, you may, be, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But that is not true, and we need to remember that all the time. This is a warning we all have to deal with in our lives, especially when things are going good. People have gotten lazy right now because of um, TV and Zoom, and even um, stream so they don't come to the house of God. They've gotten lazy because they, you know, oh, it was a pandemic, so we couldn't leave, but actually they could leave. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, they believe what the world said, and sometimes just taking precautions, and we should be wise and take precautions, but that should not have kept us away from family or, you know, gathering, you know, different things like that. Just be smart. But now it's over, even though they keep bringing it up. <laughs> but now it's over. All we have to do is keep our bodies, our, our immune system strong, and that's, our bodies are made to overcome that. <laughs> we just have to keep our bodies strong and healthy, and all that stuff will take its time and be gone. Even if you get it, your body's going to take care of it, and you don't have to worry about everybody. They had everybody worrying about dying. You can't breathe and all that kind of stuff. Then they put you on ventilators, which made it worse. <laughs> and, it's, I, and it's like, man, Lord, what are we doing? Why are we, you know, believing all the fear tactics, you know, and they're still trying to put it out there. I just saw a commercial the other day trying to get people to still get inoculated. And it's like, hello, we all know that it didn't work. <laughs> Even if you had to get it, people who did uh, get um, vaccinated, they still got COVID. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay. It's not, it's not bad that you had to do it for your job to keep your job or all that kind of stuff. But God still protected you. He still protected us. And people have to get back to um, being reminded that um, God protects us. And during Sukkot, that's what it's all about, his blessings, his promises, his protection over us, just like he did the Jewish people in the desert. He protected them. I mean, just think about what we would do if we were in the desert. <laughs> Me, I don't like bugs. <laughs> I mean, there's lizards out there, scorpions out there, you know, things like that. You watch that stuff on TV, beetles, that you know, it's like, and they're huge. It's like, God, thank you that I did not live back in the day. 
Thank you that I don't have to be out there with all that stuff. <laughs> Thank you for your protection in my house that those things don't even come in my house today because <laughs> I'm taking all kinds of precautions. But, you know, we need to remember, but he wants us to gather. We are a strong unit when we gather. That's why we have corporate prayer every Sunday at 8.30 down in the New Beginnings Room. We just had corporate prayer yesterday here in the lobby every second, Sunday, every second Saturday of the month because we are stronger when we're together. And it's not, it's not bad that we all pray separately. I tell them if you can't make it to corporate prayer at 10.30, pray where you are because you're still connected to the unit. Amen. So Sukkot exists to remind us of our humble origins so that we never fall into the complacency of taking freedom, the land of Israel, the United States, and, its, and the blessings it yields for granted, thinking that it happens in the normal course of history. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't happen just because, it, you know, that's how history rolls. No, no, it's God's hand. His plan is working. And right now, people are, are still struggling, not knowing what to do with the circumstances going on in their lives. Sukkot is about people, people that have to make a choice. Will it be God's way or the world's way? The Jewish people had to make, had to make that choice a long time ago. Some people think um, or teach that God chose the Jewish people, but he didn't. <laughs> Uh, I believe it was either Pastor Larry or Rabbi Joseph that was here that said, God, he asked other nations first to follow him, but they didn't want to make that choice. And, and you think about it, everybody's like, well, we're the new Jewish people. No, you're not. He asked all these other people first. That was not his first choice. <laughs> and you are not taking their place. <laughs> but you know what? He gave after he asked other people, other nations, and they, would, they said no, they wouldn't make the choice. Then he gave the Jewish people his laws and waited for them to respond and choose. And that's uh, where the saying comes, we will follow and then we'll understand. They didn't, they didn't know what was going on, but they saw the laws and the spirit moved in their hearts. And they said, you know what, we'll follow you, God. And then we'll understand why you're telling us all this stuff and what we have to do. <laughs> then we'll understand it. That's what God is waiting for, uh, for them to choose. And he wants us to choose the same thing for our daily lives. We have to choose what we do every single day. Some of us are on autopilot and do, and do the same thing all the time. But he's waiting for us to choose the right thing, and we know what the right thing is according to his laws, his Ten Commandments. The Jewish people may be diff at different times been rebellious, ungrateful, and wayward, but they had the courage to travel, to move, to leave security behind, even though you think about it, when they left Egypt, they were secure because they had a place to stay, but it was horrible. But they had the choice, choice to leave it behind and follow God's call, just like Abraham and Sarah. And we, too, at times are rebellious and ungrateful and wayward. But you know what? So we have to make the choice and say, okay, God, reel me back in. I know you're there. Let me hear your voice. Put me back on the right path. Holy Spirit, come in so I can hear your voice. And God speaks to us each and every day. 
and sometimes, and I remember, I think I said it before, I don't know if it was here or in a, or in a different class, but um, <laughs> one time Scott and I were arguing, I got mad and I had to go to work, so I'm going to work and I'm complaining in my car and just, you know, yelling and it's like, oh, I can't stand him, you know, <laughs> and, and just arguing about what was going on and it's like, and then I hear this voice say, it's only a fight because you enter in. If you keep your mouth shut, there will be no argument. And I'm like, thank you very much, God. I know I wouldn't tell myself that. <laughs> but we have to plug in and realize that it's God speaking to us. The enemy's not going to say that. He said, yeah, you need to just go back when you go home and you need to just remind him of what he said. And I'll, you know, that's the enemy. But God said, if you would just keep your mouth shut, <laughs> he'll come to his senses you come to your senses and and everything will work out smooth and I'm like thank you God I know that's you because I definitely would not tell myself that <laughs> and that's what we have to deal with every day if we would just listen he's talking to us amen uh, if the sukkah or booth only represents God's cl- cloud of glory there is no sacrifice involved But if we continue to look at the sukkah the way Rabbi Akiva saw it, as a temporary home of a temporary homeless people, then it makes sense to say Israel showed the courage of a bride willing to follow her husband. And that's what we are. We're his children. We're his bride. Jesus is the groom. We're just following him wherever he leads us. And that's how we should be. Whatever he's telling us to do, wherever he's leading us in his word, we just need to follow it, even though we might not understand it, even though we might not know everything. And where are we going? You know, like us, we go, where are we going? <laughs> what are we doing this for? You know, <laughs> he said, just forget all the questions. Just surrender to me and just follow, and I'll take you at the right place. Amen? We, too, were temporarily homeless before we chose to invite and allow Jesus into our hearts. <laughs> As sinners, we were wandering around through life, not really knowing uh, head from tail where we're going, what we're going to do, what we even wanted to do. Sometimes we're just following other people until the Spirit of God touched our spirit, our hearts, and we made the decision, the choice to follow God. And then we get to study daily to understand why we chose that, why he wanted us to follow him, why he wanted us even as his children in his family. Uh, That alone took courage. (laughs) Uh, Being a Christian isn't an easy thing. And we all know that from experience. When you turn Christians, nobody wants to be around you (laughs) because you're not doing the the same thing you were doing before. Uh, They don't want to hear anything you have to say. Because you're bringing up God and some of them, even though they know, it just pierces their heart that they know what you're talking about. But they just don't want to hear it because they don't want to be accountable. (laughs) And we chose to be accountable. You know, and it's like even some of our family members, oh, don't come in here with that Jesus stuff. Don't come in here with that God stuff. I know we've all heard it. (laughs) And my family. And it's like, if you guys only knew. You are where you are today because I'm praying. And I'm only praying because God said we should pray for our family. (laughs) And I want you to experience what I've experienced. I've seen miracles in my life. Do you know what he's done for me? 
You know, and they go, oh, that just happened because that's just how it happened. No. No. God has totally changed my life around. I know sometimes we think, you know, and you think pastors have, you know, even though Pastor Larry tells everybody he was a drug dealer. But, <laughs> but we've done stupid stuff in our lives and made mistakes just like everybody else. We're no different. <laughs> and, and you go, God, man, you were really watching over me. <laughs> you were really watching over me. I could be dead. Uh, you know, I hanging out with some of my friends, you know, in high school and in college. And it's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, I wasn't thinking. That was the point. <laughs> and sometimes you got to tell your family, you're just not thinking. Your eyes are closed to what God is doing. Your eyes are closed and you're not awake. But you know what? Open your eyes. Open your ears. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Listen to what he's showing you. I mean, he's showing us all around us the evil in the world. If you have eyes to see, some people just say, oh, well, that's just how it is. No, it's not. It is not just how it is. I think about the people in Chicago who every day, you know, tons of people are getting murdered. Look at all the stuff going on now with, um, I just read the other day, or yesterday, about a policeman who got fired. So what does he do? He goes into a, a child care center and, and shoots the kids in Thailand. And it's like, who does that? Why are people harassing little innocent kids? My, my uh, niece called me um, the day before yesterday. She had to go over to the school where her daughter was, elementary school. She's in third grade. Because somebody was outside pointing like a gun, like he was shooting at the school. And I'm like, who are these crazy people? <laughs> and you know what? It's just the enemy using them. They, they have no idea. Some of them might be mentally ill, and they're only mentally ill because the enemy's talking to them. <laughs> that is why people are confused and don't know what to do because the enemy is in their head talking to them and just working his stuff on them, all his little tricks to get them to do what, what he wants. And thank God we can see the enemy and say, no, devil, I see you. You know, he can only do things in our lives when we don't see him. When we're not aware of his tactics and his tricks. And he knows every single thing about us. He knows our shortcomings. He knows what will push our buttons. But we have, when he pushes them, is when we have to say, no, devil, (laughs) I see you. And I'm not going that way. And, and that's hard to do sometimes. And, uh, you know, I think I was telling people at the uh, prayer meeting yesterday, I was getting myself all worked up and mad because I cook. Then I have to turn around and clean. And before I cook, I got to clean my kitchen because everybody's eating, putting things back in the sink. You know, and, and it's like we have a dishwasher. rinse them off at least put them in there and I'm doing all that and so I'm working myself and and I'm talking out loud why do I have to come in here and cook and I have to clean first and then I gotta everybody eats and then they leave and then I'm stuck coming in here before I gotta go to bed and I gotta clean it up and then I thought okay wait a minute (laughs) I'm not gonna get myself ostered up devil I see you and and I'm not going down that route, but I'm not, I'm a, I was stirred up. I was talking loud so everybody could hear. <laughs> and it's like, 
We have to catch ourselves and pull ourselves back in to the spirit of God. Say, devil, I see you. I know what you're trying to do, and I will not be like that. I will not be moved by that. And you know what? And then I just calmed down, but it was funny because Scott came behind me. <laughs> and he was like, are you talking to me? <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you take it that way. I said, but no. <laughs> I said, no, I, I am getting control of myself. And then we were stirring all that up. I said, but no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but we have to be able to recognize the enemy when he comes to stir you up. Because that does get under my skin. But, <laughs> but at that moment, it's like, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But it was turning into a big deal. I had to get myself, oh, devil, I see you. <laughs> I see you, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to follow that. Um, so it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff in our Christian walk that we have to be able to check to make sure we're not going off to the left and we're not letting the things of the world or our circumstances, the things around us, get control of us. Because when, we're, when it gets like that, it's almost like panic. You can't think when you're panicked. That's why it's like take a deep breath, whatever's happening. Take a deep breath, blow it out, and just relax and go, okay, what do I need to do to change this circumstance? Or what do I need to do? God, help me whisper in my ear the right thing that I need to say or the right thing that I need to do? Or do I need to just go to the right to get out of this situation? Amen? Just as Pesach, the Resurrection Sunday, represents the love of God for his people, and that's what it is, Resurrection Sunday, he gave his son because he loved us so much, no matter what we do, no matter what we do, because he knows it's uncon- it's his love is unconditional, and he knows we have shortcomings, we're human beings, we don't do everything right, we never will, right. <laughs> until we're all caught up in heaven to have our earthly bodies and following him, and he knows that. But Sukkot represents the love of the people for their God. And that's the difference between what we normally do and, and uh, celebrate and Sukkot. It's us letting God know that we love him. And he's excited about that. The Jewish people lived in a state of, in, of insecurity for centuries. I mean, just think about that for a minute. For centuries, they lived in a state of insecurity, not knowing what's going on. Some of us lived in a state of insecurity before we became Christians. Scott and I lived paycheck to paycheck for a long time. Not knowing, okay, what are we going to pay? What are we going to do? What are we going to eat, man? Get top ramen or whatever that, you know, we're going to be eating that for a while. Sometimes we would just have baked potatoes because that's all we could afford or canned tuna and, you know, and work with that. And people, and it's like, Thank you, God. We are not at that point anymore. <laughs> but that's what it was, In, you know, the insecurity of, okay, what we're going to eat? What are we going to eat? What are we going to do? You know, how are we going to pay this because we have to pay our rent? So, okay, if we pay our rent this check, what's going to have to wait to the back burner? And then it's going to be late. And then it's, you know, late fees. Or can I call and, and tell them I'm going to pay it or, you know, whatever. And people still live like that. Some Christians still feel and live insecure like that. But Sukkot is supposed to be a time of joy, time of joy and relaxing and enjoying our day when we take the time to look back at where we came from, which is what Sukkot's all about. And Yom Kippur was about that. 
um, how we were living our lives, the majority of us, or if not all of us, don't want to go back to that lifestyle. And we shouldn't want to go back to that lifestyle. No matter how great it looked or it seemed, we're different than those people back then. Making the choice to accept Jesus was the best thing we ever could have done. And that alone brings joy. <laughs> that, is a spir- that is spiritual courage, my friends. Rabbi Sachs said he often argued that faith is not certainty. Faith is the courage to live with uncertainty. That's what Sukkot represents if what we celebrate is not the clouds of joy, but the vulnerability of actual huts or booths open to the wind, open to the rain, open to the cold, and us being open to the hardships of life. And that's what Sukkot's all about. We can be joyful going through all the hardships of life and thanking God that he's got us, he's protecting us, he's going to see us through it. So don't get anxious, don't get weary, don't get stressed, because then that makes you sick. (laughs) Just know, okay, God, I'm going through this, and it does not feel good, I want to remind you. (laughs) It does not feel good. So I need to see you working on my behalf right now. But I know at the end of it all, I'm going to come out victorious. I'm going to come out ahead, you know, because my Bible says we are the head to be the head and not the tail. And either we believe it or we don't. Amen. The people of Israel live every day right now with an almost constant threat of war and terror. But they have not given up. They have not given in to fear. I mean, they live their lives like this. It's normal. They, they are not given into fear. In Zechariah 14, 16 to 19, it, said, uh, it says Sukkot will one day be celebrated by the whole world. It says in verse 16, here's what it says, and everyone who is left, get that word left, <laughs> of all nations which come against Jerusalem um, shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles or booths. And now that comes after the Battle of Armageddon during the millennium of Christ. And I thought when I read that, everyone who is left, that means everybody's not going to be here. We will, because we're going to be in that battle. And we're going to watch Jesus come back and slay all those people, all those nations that have came against Jerusalem and, and his people. Amen. But I thought, man, God, for you to say that out of everyone who is left of all the nations, not just a section, but of all the nations, everybody will be celebrating Sukkot. They're not, nobody's going to be celebrating Halloween anymore. Nobody, nobody's going to be celebrating all the other uh, holidays that the world wants us to celebrate. You know, uh, what is it? Um, the sun god. I think everybody now calls it, now they call it solstice. Everybody's celebrating solstice. And it's like, that's a pagan holiday. But nobody thinks about it. <laughs> Halloween, they're celebrating the dead. <laughs> and it's like, why do we do that? Everybody wants to get dressed up all crazy. And it's, it's okay to have fun. But remember, it's not real. I mean, it is real for some people. And we need to know that, that the enemy is out there during that time working his stuff. And we need to be aware. And even though we're having fun and dressing up, dress up with something of light. 
dress up reminding everybody, you know what, we're celebrating this, we're, ha- we're just having fun, we're living our lives, but it's not about the dead. It's not about the evil. It's about our light showing and shining whoever we're dressed up as or whatever. We're going to show our light and that we see people and say, you know, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you look at some of those costumes, it's like, that's scary. <laughs> but God is working in us through all of that. And we need to remember that and portray that while we're out there having fun. Because it's not a sin to have fun. He tells us to live our lives, you know, Lachaim, to life. Well, he wants us to live our lives. All the changes that happen over the course of history from the birth of agriculture to the Industrial Revolution, destabilization happened. It rocked everything. They brought about uh, disruption in their wake all the time. We, too, have experienced the age of transition in our lifetime from the invention, from the invention of the computer and global communication 9-11, and we have seen and are seeing the convulsions of it, the disruption, the destabilization of it all. Some nations are tearing themselves apart, and no nation to this day, no nation is free of the threat of terror. Right. Not even us. For a while, we were free of that. Now it's here. But we can change the atmosphere through prayer. We can change the atmosphere by loving people. Amen. Insecurity begets fear. Fear begets hate. Hate begets violence. And violence eventually turns against its perpetrators. We see it right now today. Look how much violence is in our world. People are just being violent to people just because, just because. They don't even know why. They're just watching video games and, and thinking that stuff is true because they're in it all the time. And, and so they're just doing things to people just because they think it's fun. They think it's, you know, I just want to see what's going to happen. You know, and that's craziness. <laughs> um, Rabbi Sachs believes that the 21st century will one day be looked at by historians as the age of insecurity. But may we, just like the Jewish community today, be able to say and enjoy this great festival of joy. Sukkot is our supreme achievement of faith. And faith is the ultimate antidote to fear. So if we have faith over anything, we have nothing to fear. Because faith cancels out fear. The rabbi says, Rabbi Sachs says, Faith is the ability to rejoice in the midst of instability and change, traveling through the wilderness of time toward an unknown destination. Faith is not fear. Faith is not hate. Faith is not violence. These are virtual truths never more needed in our lives than it's needed today and now. After the great and final battle talked about in in Zechariah, the holidays of God will be the ones celebrated, not any of the world's holidays. All those won't exist when Jesus comes back. When all that battle's over, the only thing that's going to be celebrated is the Torah, the biblical holidays. And I'm like, thank you, God, that we're going to get to a point where 
We're only celebrating what you want us to celebrate. Only celebrating all the things that we've read about and, and heard about, and that's you know the way the Jewish people did back in the day. All of that you planned that, and that plan is going to come back. Out of the study I got, I uh, was on Aish, uh, and it said five life lessons on how to tap into the meaning of Sukkot. Number one, look up. Know Almighty God has you covered and protected. What he did for the Jewish people in the desert, he'll do for us today. Increase our faith, trust God, because he is our source. Amen. Number two, we don't need all the stuff. (laughs) I'm trying to clean my garage out now. (laughs) And some of that stuff has been in there for 15 years. I don't even know what it is anymore. (laughs) So I don't need it. (laughs) During Sukkot, it's a time to reflect, remember, and decide what really matters. And what really matters is family and friends. Don't be left with wishing for moments and times that are lost. Number three, we come from greatness. We come from greatness. That's our legacy, even though everybody's trying to find what their legacy is, where they came from. We come from greatness. Take a spiritual time out. Remember our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Aaron, and David. That's our lineage. They transformed a morally desolate world into a place of kindness, compassion, and awareness of God. When we do give it, when we do change into that. It gives us strength. And when we think about them, it gives us strength to pick up ourselves and keep walking to the finish line that God has set before us. Number four, the gift of humility. Keep the phrase, it's all about me, out of your vocabulary. (laughs) And we all like that one because it's in some time, one time or another. We don't want that character trait of arrogance defining who we are. Put others first. Don't live a selfie life. I watch my kids, my girls, my youngest girl especially, man, she's always doing selfies. And it's like, can you get out of the camera? Can you? <laughs> why are you taking all these pictures? I mean, every little facial things and all that. I'm like, you guys. <laughs> Don't leave a selfie life. Be a giver. Ask yourself, how is this world better because of me? Because I'm here. What have I done to make this world better? Number five, feel God's hug, which is what the Sukkot Sukkot is all about or representing. The Sukkot is looked at at the image of a hug. It's God's embrace of us. Feel God pulling you in close for a hug, a long embrace. Know about, know without a shadow of a doubt that God loves us so much. He loves unconditionally, so all we need to do is open our hearts, take a deep breath, let it out, and hear God speaking to us and feel the warmth of his embrace around us each and every second of the day. He's waiting. His arms are wide open for us to come in so that he can hug us and let us know that it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. We're not here alone. We are a family. You are my children, and I got you. It's like we told Pastor Tiz when she told us about her thing. We got you. 
Well, just like we feel like that, God has us too. No matter what it is we're going through, no matter what it is we're facing, no matter if it looks like it's the end of what we were hoping for, God has a plan. He has a plan to pull us up, to keep us as the head and not the tail, to keep us knowing that he is surrounding us. We have a legion of angels that he puts out before us. We can, we can dispatch them ourselves and release the angels to go out before us today, to go out before us every day, to encamp around about us so we have a hedge of protection. He gives us that authority. Jesus gave us that authority to call those things as not as though they were. All we have to do is churn up our faith, turn up our faith, and believe what God's word says. Amen? Father, we thank you for this time of Sukkot. We thank you that we can rejoice in everything that we have, all the blessings that you have given us, all the miracles that we have experienced, all the changes in our lives, Lord, that it has made us closer and stronger to you. Father, we just praise you for your covenant that you have given us. We have a new covenant because of Jesus. We thank you for it. We appreciate it, Father God. We appreciate that you are Jehovah. There is none stronger or mightier than you. And we give you all the glory today and for these next seven or eight days, we're going to plug in to Sukkot knowing full well that you got this. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.